Acts chapter number 2, here we go. You know I'm going back to Acts chapter 2. I've been in this for months, yea, barely years at a time. Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were setting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Let's go on. And it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Okay. Next one, please. Now, in the New International Version, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. In the New Living Translation, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. It does not say as the Holy Spirit translated for them. Okay? The Living Bible says, And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in languages they didn't know, for the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And the Amplified, I like this one. And they were all filled diffused throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit. That word diffused, diffused means to spread out, to spread over, to cover a large area. When the Holy Ghost filled their souls, it filled all of their souls. It spread out all over them. It covered every area of their soul and their being. Listen, if you're going to live a successful life and have a wonderful journey with Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost is going to have to be in every area of your life. You're going to have to have it when you sit down to eat Captain Crunch in the morning. You're going to have to have it when you sit down before you go to bed at night and have your Captain Crunch before you go to bed. I don't know why I'm on Captain Crunch right now, but they don't serve breakfast in hell. I just want to tell you that right now, just for the record. The newsboys. So if they don't serve breakfast in hell, you sure don't want to go there. But you've got to have the power. Hi, Martin. You've got to have the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. You've got to have it in your thought processes. You've got to have it with you in your wallet beside your driver's license. You've got to have the Holy Ghost when you get up in the morning and when you lay down at night. You've got to have the Holy Ghost working in your life. You've got to let it touch your talk. You've got to let it touch your thoughts. You've got to let the Holy Ghost touch everything about you. The Bible says it was diffused all throughout their souls. It covered every area of their lives. You shouldn't make a decision until you consult the Holy Ghost. You shouldn't make any decisions until you allow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Jesus in your life. You shouldn't do anything until the Holy Spirit leads you to make that decision. You've got to have the Holy Ghost in your life. Now let's go a little further. This has to be a Holy Ghost church. This has to be a church where the Holy Ghost is filled. Filling up the baptistry. 
This has to be a place where the Holy Ghost is vacuuming the apartment. This has to be a church where the Holy Ghost is helping park cars. This has to be Holy Ghost property and a Holy Ghost church. I want to go to a Holy Ghost church. I want to live a Holy Ghost life. I've got to have the Holy Ghost in my life. I'm going to settle down now. Well, I went to visit a church. How's that old song go? Something wasn't right in my heart. There was I wasn't right, but something got a hold of me. Ah, something gets a hold of you. You can go to a lot of churches here in town. And all you're going to see is a polar bear behind the pulpit and all you're going to feel is the air conditioner blowing across your earlobes, putting icicles on them. That's kind of what we had in Proverbs today. But I want to go to a church where I'm touched and moved and challenged by the Word of God and by the power of the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost diffused throughout my soul. I want the Holy Ghost in my family. I want the Holy Ghost in my family portrait. When they see thy family portrait, I want the Holy Ghost there. I want everybody to know this is a Holy Ghost house. And when people walk in my house, they've said many times, there's something about your house. It's so peaceful here. I'll tell you what it is. It's the power of the Holy Ghost being diffused through the house. It's a family where the husband loves a wife and the wife loves the husband. And the kids love each other most of the time. Hallelujah. Once in a while we got a little issue. But that's where the Holy Holy Ghost can pop up and say, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it got a hold of a fisherman's life by the name of Simon Peter. It was just 40 or so, 50 short days or so, 53 short days before this, that Simon Peter was warming himself by the union burn barrel outside of the courtroom. And the little damsel said, I know that you're one of them. You're one of his followers. And Peter said, you're crazy. I don't know the man. And just like the gifts that that most women have, she couldn't stop it right there. She had to keep digging. Don't you love it, guys, when you go home and they got 25 questions and, yay, verily, a bonus question. And you don't want to say, it's just like, that's what speaker phones were so wonderful. Whoever invented the speaker phone saved a lot of marriages from divorce. Because then you could put the phone on speaker and everybody could hear and nobody had to say, well, when you said this, what were they saying? And if you're like, oh, Brother Trace, my brain cells don't coagulate together very good, and I can't remember. I get the general message, but I don't know all the details. Well, you said this and this, and what did they say? I don't even remember. I've got to think about it. Well, how did they look? How did did they smile when you said it? How do you think they felt? I don't know how they felt. I can't tell you this one thing. All I know is that God gave us speakerphones. But here's Simon Peter. He's denying the Lord. She says to him again, I know you're one of his. And he said, woman, you're crazy. Shut your mouth. And the third time she keeps pressing him. And she says, I know you're one of his. And he got so mad that that old fisherman jumped out of him. He wasn't a follower of Jesus right at that time. But he was a mender of the nets on Galilee. And the Bible says he cussed. Now I know none of us have ever experienced when the old fisherman jumps out of us. And the Bible says he cursed and said, you're crazy. But it's the same guy that 53 days later was diffused throughout his soul with the power of the spirit of Jesus in his life. 
And the words began to echo in his mind. Ten days ago, he said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. It was that same Simon Peter who was the one who said, Lord, I'll go with you all the way to the cross. And the Lord said, Peter, you don't even know what you're talking about. Get behind me, Satan. Can you believe that? Jesus called one of his disciples Satan. Not that he was demon-possessed, but the spirit of the devil was telling Peter all of this stuff that he could say. I'm going to go with you all the way. And it was Simon Peter that whipped out his sword when they came into the garden to get Jesus. And he took off the high priest's servant's right ear, Malchus. But when that old leathered fisherman came in contact with the power from another realm. When that old fisherman came in contact with the power from on high, he wasn't grabbing a sword to cut off anybody's head or anybody's ears. But now he's going to pick up some words and he's going to say, this same Jesus whom you've crucified, God hath made him both Lord and Christ. And the Bible says that the Holy Ghost gave them clear and loud expression in each tongue in appropriate words. Now, I've heard it said from those on the side that say tongues are not for today, that that was simply a way for the Lord to tell the listeners in the crowd what was going on. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. I've heard it said that the only reason they spoke in tongues was to preach the gospel that day. Let's go on. Can you believe it? We're going to Acts chapter 2 verse 5. We've been trying for two months since June. Here we are. At that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Now I've got to go up to that first line in verse 6. When they heard the loud noise. What does that tell me? That says church has got to be hot. Some like it hot, some like it cold, some like it in the pot, nine days old. But here you go. We're in church. And it says, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. We're going to have to be the loudest noise-making church in the region. We're going to have to be the loudest Holy Ghost spot in the region. Are you just talking about volume? I'm not just talking about volume. I'm talking about having the rumblings of the Holy Ghost in our services and having the rumblings of the power of the Spirit in our lives. You've got to have the Holy Ghost moving in church. You've got to have it. You've got to have it. If this church decides you don't want the Holy Ghost moving no more, I told you I'm leaving. I'm going to Maui. But I'm going to go somewhere where the Holy Ghost is moving. They sit in my office and they say, Brother Tracy, we're we're leaving. We're changing churches. I say, you know, it's been a pleasure having you, but please do me one thing and make me one promise. Make sure you go to our red hot Holy Ghost Jesus name church where you can still live for God and be successful. Oh God, make this place a Holy Ghost loud noise hot church. Amen. 
Because I found something out about a hot church. Where there's heat, there's fire. And where there's fire, fire burns up disunity. And fire burns up griping. And fire burns up trash in our lives. And fire consumes all the junk in our lives that shouldn't be there. And fire purifies gold. And fire purifies diamonds. And fire, fire, fire. We've got to have the Holy Ghost and fire. That's why some of us are having struggles in our lives is because we've let the fire go out. You know when you get in the car and somebody's played a trick on you and they've got in there and they've turned off everything. They've turned off the radio. They've turned the windshield wipers. They've turned off the air conditioning. They turned it all off. Doesn't that shock you? What shocks you? When you get in the car and they've turned on the windshield wipers and they've turned up all the fans and they've turned the radio full blast and you put your key in the ignition and you go to turn it. And when you turn it, it blows you right out of your seat. People are not shocked when they come in and have quiet church. People are not surprised when they come to church and nothing's happening. People aren't surprised when they come to church and nothing's moving. But brother, when you get in a church and you put the key in the ignition and you say, I'm visiting here. I'm going to be a guest here. I wonder what they'll do today. And when the keyboards take off and the bass and the drums. And when old sister so-and-so who's 95 years old is going to have to testify. And she's going to say the same thing every testimony. And you got the businessman sitting there and you're hoping that Sister Stella, no, 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 no relation. That was her name, Stella Laudermilk. She wore a little flowered hat with a net down over her head, her head. And she wore heels about the size of Amy's. And she was about 85 pounds soaking wet. And she had the shakes. And when she talked, she shook when she talked. You couldn't hardly, but all you knew was that before it was all over with, Sister Stella Laudermilk was coming down the aisle, shaking because Jesus had been so good to her. And while she's shaking and you got the businessman there, you're thinking, oh, God, please hold this together. Don't let him get turned off. Don't let him think that we're crazy. God, don't let this service get on YouTube. And when the service is all over, when the service is all over, the old boy that you're trying to keep it all peaceful and all calm walks up to you and he says, I don't know much about your service, preacher. The only thing I know is I want what that little old lady had that made her go down that aisle talking in tongues and getting a hold of Jesus. Hallelujah. I tell you what, if you could get somebody to walk into your house right now and into your life and get them to turn up the air conditioner and get them to turn up the radio and to shock the fire out of you, it would scare some of us to death if the Holy Ghost showed up in our house right now. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will make you love your husband all over again. The Holy Ghost will make you love your wife all over again. The Holy Ghost will make you love your enemies and pray for my God in heaven. The Holy ghost and fire is what we've got to have in our lives to burn out all the junk in us and to get us ready to do what God has called us to do.
but we grow cold in our soul. And we don't like it like that anymore. Well, Brother Tracy, you preached too long. My God, I tried to will to Ponderosa, and even the buffet was cold today. You preached too long, Brother Tracy. You preached so long. Clark Durbin had that air conditioner going so cold. I'm not going to tell you what else he did. He told me not to tell you anything else. I'm not going to either. He said, don't put my name on that thing. Don't you put my name on there. Hallelujah. But they heard a loud noise. God got a hold of their attention. What is it going to take for God to get a hold of our attention and get us back to the place where we used to be? Some of us used to be on fire and now we are, all we are now is just cold charcoal bricks just laying there in the pile of ashes. Some of us have evolved into just a pile of ashes. And I know that God didn't give you a bad dose of the Holy Ghost. My Lord, when I think about old-time Pentecost, it just makes me sick. Somebody comes in, they get the Holy Ghost, and they last about three or four months, and they say, yeah, just they didn't, didn't get a very good dose of the Holy Ghost. Well, Jesus, have mercy. I never knew Jesus gave a bad dose of the Holy Ghost. We, in our finite thinking, have to always come up with a reason and an excuse on why this didn't work. Why do you see the ugliest guy in town with the most beautiful woman on his arm? Can you figure it out? You know you've looked at those couples and said, now what in the, how did he get her? Come on. You know it's the truth. I told, don't, don't act so holy right now. You know it. And you ladies are saying, well, what did she see in him? Now, don't be talking about Sister Amy. Well, she saw me because I don't know. She's, she's still fine. She's still looking. She's still discovering. She's, she's discovering. But we want to, I don't know, figure it out. How can, a, how can a black and white cow eat green grass and produce white milk? Figure it out. We don't know. I don't know. But I'm telling you, when somebody comes in and gets the Holy Ghost and lasts about three months, it's not that Jesus gave them a bad dose of the Holy Ghost. It was their decision to either let it work in their lives or not let it work in their lives. Because he said, if any man's going to be my disciple, first of all, let him deny himself. And then let him take up his cross and follow me. But some of us are not recognizable where we are right now from the time that we first received the Holy Ghost. We don't pray, we don't fast, we don't come to church, we don't read our Bible, we don't worship when we get here, we barely give any money in the offering, we think giving a Abraham Lincoln's about ready to assassinate him all over again. All that preacher wants his money, he just wants to take an offering, and yet you go down to the boat and drop three or four thousand bucks and it doesn't even phase you because the fire's gone out in your life. You know what I'm saying? Every time the church door was open, once you got your conversion, you was right there, man. You was like a, you was like a fly on sugar 
white on rice. You was right there. Brother Tracy, is there anything for me to do? Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I unplug a toilet? Can I unroll a roll of paper towels? Can I sweep and mop the kitchen? Whatever you need me to do. Now the church is open. We got to, are you going to be here? Can you help us? We need you. Help, 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 help. What in the world's happened? Somebody's turned down the volume in your life. Somebody has turned down the thermostat in your life and the fire has went out. Let me tell you something. When it came in on the day of Pentecost, it was red hot and it was rolling and it's never changed. The problem is we've changed. The problem is I've changed. I do things different than I did 29 years ago. I do things different than I did 20 years ago. We all tend to get lukewarm and love it. Where would we be right now if we had 24-7 prayer right here going? Where would we be right now if we'd have somebody fasting 30 days, 31 days out of the month, everybody have a day? Where would we be? Now, I know. Well, Brother Tracy, what are you talking about? You're just crazy. Yeah, I like it like that. Because when you're crazy, you can do weird things, and they just say, he's just crazy. They can't convict you if you're crazy. Brother Tracy, this church is only four years old. And you got a beautiful building, and you got 12 acres And the new pastor's friends with the old pastor. And the buyer, it goes to church with the seller. And we're all a team and we're all working together. And this is happening, that's happening. You want more. I'm just saying if we were 24-7 in tune with the Holy Ghost, if we were living like these guys were back then, if we were on fire like they were then, if the noise, if the volume was turned up then, where in the world would we be? One service wouldn't hold it. Two services wouldn't hold it. Three services here wouldn't hold it. That new sanctuary over there would have to have multiple services because when the fire is there, when the fire is burning, when the volume is turned up, you get a lot of people's attention. Let me give you the Vandalia Times. Friday, we left school. I went to pay a power bill at IGA, and I walked out, and there's this big plume of black smoke. I said, I hope that's not the church. Well, if it is, we'll just build another one. Hallelujah. We got insurance. Well, we started driving this way, and no, it's on further. Now we have Tracy and Amy and Mitchell and Marcus and Macy. Five of us. What do you do in Van Day on a Friday afternoon? You go see where the fire's at. And guess what? The other two or three cars in front of us, we're going to the same fire. We're going down Airport Road looking for the fire. First of all, then I thought, well, maybe it's my brother-in-law's house. Nope, it's not his house. So we just kept on driving. And we kept on driving. And we found it. A nice, shiny, green John Deere combine with a charbroiled top. Combine fire. That's what you do in Vandalia. Vandalia. Donna, fun day, yeah. Amen. She's shaking her head. Mom, I can't believe you just said that. 
Now I had something, Brother Tracy, going to think about it every time. I already knew it, Ton. I just had to pull it out there. So then my wife's like, well, let's just turn around and go back. I said, no, take a left. What, what are we going to do there? I said, I don't know. It's south. That's what they've taught me out here. You go south long enough, you'll find out where you're going. I said, we got down some turns, and the road got real narrow, and the truck came. And I said, my Lord, Amy, you got me in the ditch over here. I'm going to be in the woods in a minute. I can't. Do you want to drive? <laughs> and then I said, I've never been on this road before. I think we're lost. Knowing that if you go either direction, you'll find your way back. What am I all saying all that to say? People go where the action is. People go where the action is. If this is going to be a dead, draw, dry, boring, stoic church, ain't nobody coming here because they can go there a church and find that. Huh? I'm not just talking about Lutheran, Methodist, Catholic, Baptist. I'm talking about Pentecostal churches. Half dead, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. The Pentecostal church movement better get a revelation of this. They better make their church services relevant to the generation of which they're trying to serve and win that generation in trying to st instead of trying to hang on back there 50 years ago. They better get some fire in the oven and they better get some smoke going up where people say, Hey, i got to get down to that church. There's something going on. I'm seeing some smoke and where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm hearing a sound and it's a sound of a wind blowing. Oh, family worship center my god in heaven god make us a loud hot church i feel i've come to the climax of my steroid situation the plane's nose just began to i want you to look at the response we're going to get two verses done today how do you feel about that I want you to look at the response. Everyone came running, just like the fire chasers in Vandalia. Then, once we found our way back to town, watch this. We had to go to Walmart. Imagine that. That's kind of like the mall. You ever been in Eminence, Missouri? Dollar General. That's what they got. You know what they call Eminence, Missouri? Dollar General? The mall. Where are you going? We're going to the mall. You're going to Dollar General. We went to Walmart. Came out of Walmart, and there was a plume of smoke on the south side of town. And I think it was Marcus said, let's go see what it is. Because when they heard the noise, everyone wanted to know what was going on. They were bewildered to hear. When they got there, they couldn't believe what they were hearing. It was blowing their minds. Oh, to have church that would blow people's minds. Oh, to have 
blind eyes open. Oh, for Kevin Schultz to pull those hearing aids out of his ears because the volume is so loud that he can't control it anymore. Oh, for someone to have a miracle and to receive healing and salvation. That's what people are coming for. That's what people are looking for. They're looking for something that will shock and awe them. Something that is different from the normal and the routine. Let's all stand.